eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So now Posey ranges away and Bellinger throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, what's going on? It is the next episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Joe Shasky. I'm Mark Willard. We are coming to you after yet another sweep at the hands of the San Diego Padres. And I'll give the Giants this. At least they didn't fool us at least they didn't stretch it out in a series that they needed to sweep they got swept all three of them one run games and as we reach september 1st joe there is absolutely no doubt what they need to do next and that is call everybody up so here we go here we go it is a it is not a september to remember it is one that there is no way i saw coming but it's call up young guys and and start evaluating for next year time I mean, when you go into a series that's it's back against the walls, right? Some people say it's not a must win. What it felt must win to me. You go Rodon, Webb, Wood. You got to get two out of three with the season on the line. They go zero for three, and it's just it feels very lifeless right now. I mean, it really does. People are pointing the finger at each other. You've seen Brandon Crawford get thrown out of a game. Um, it's just it's it stinks. And finally, Jock Peterson bat starts to wake up a little, and it feels too little, too late right now. And this for is sure. a team that's just. I mean, Bart gets hurt with the concussion thing. We're feeling good about Joey Bart, and then he goes on the IL. I feel like this team just can't catch a break right now. I tell you what, it's led to a conversation that's really fascinating to me that it's happened this quickly. And and, and we'll start with, with this. Um, I don't necessarily know how to interpret these things. I do know what sounds like the underlying theme is. We all can decide for ourselves. We'll let you hear it. Let's start with Logan Webb as he works his way the other night through the idea of whether or not the Giants have been complacent, whether they're lacking fire. Even he was struggling to put words on it. Here's what he said. I don't think anybody in this room will tell you that they thought we'd be in this spot at this point. But 
was just kind of the maybe we got a little too complacent at some point or something, but just not uh, not doing not doing little things in baseball games. So he co- he goes on to sort of walk back the complacent comment and then states, I think maybe we're just lacking fire. Mm-hmm. And so it's fascinating because who's in charge of being on fire? Who's in charge of your motivation? Did you take that as pointed at Gabe Kapler or pointed at the players themselves? Uh, that felt more like to the players. That's what it felt like to me, and maybe I'm wrong. It does feel like we're trying to turn Kapler into this catch-all scapegoat right now. I think a lot of people are frustrated, and they look at Gabe as the face of letdown, and I don't get it. I don't, I don't see the correlation. For me, I'm just shocked that a guy 25 years old who has the equity, he's earned this equity in my, yeah. in my opinion, saying this about the team. Like, this is surprising. Surprising, Like, honestly, Mark, I did not think this would happen. It felt like such a tight-knit group last year. Even throughout some of the losing this year, I didn't expect to hear that from well, Logan. The, the wild thing is, like you talk about Logan, if I, if I asked you, this is a two-part question, give me the list of giants who, A, you know are going to be on the team next year, mm-hmm. and B, you know they're good. Give me the list of names. <laughs> I think it's Doval, but primarily it's just Logan Webb. Like, it's I think either, it's yeah. just Logan it's Webb. It's one or it's one and a half people long, yeah. and he's it. Right? So, and and by the way, he is a low-key, fiery guy. Those are – that's an odd sort of description to put together. Like, yeah. he doesn't show it a lot, but you know when he's on the mound, yeah. he'll show it. He's a bulldog. And so, yeah, in a way, we are looking to you, Logan yeah. – to be that guy. And so it felt like it felt like maybe he was saying either we don't have, I don't have the leadership partners in this, or I've tried, I've tried to get this group going and maybe I don't feel like I have the equity for it yet. The interesting response came from Gabe because that's what he kind of suggested, Mm -hmm. which was that Logan uh, needs to do maybe even more, of of this here's gabe's response my feeling on that is great logan is here to express himself and to share frustration and to share disappointment he's a leader on our team right now even if he hasn't fully embraced that yet in part because i think he's been concerned about like maybe stepping on toes from time to time maybe not feeling quite ready to take on that responsibility but he is every bit a leader and a huge, huge, important piece of our future with a voice that needs to be heard right now and going forward. All right, so there's the response. It's almost like, yeah, Logan, not only you're allowed to do that, he almost suggests, dude, you, yeah. you should be doing that more. And, and you wonder if Logan's not like, okay, but why aren't, why aren't you doing it also? Like, yeah. you just got thrown out for the first time in four years yeah. a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. I'm all kinds of conflicted on this because Gabe Kapler is technically middle management. Mm -hmm. And and he's also suggested in some other comments, look, we're doing all the things we can do and it's just not working, which some people will translate as to say, boy, are you, you're kind of calling out the players. Are you calling out the front office for not giving you the players? But in the same breath, fans will agree. He doesn't have the players. So it's like, I would, I love Gabe, to have a little bit more of an emotional, real response sometimes. Yes, I would. 
Do I think that's the key to the Giants' future? No, I don't. No, I'm, I'm with you on that one. It felt like to me he was trying to empower Logan Webb. Whether people want to believe that or not, I felt like he was trying to prop up his guy almost in the same way. It's a little different, but Mark Jackson empowering Clay and Steph Curry to, to keep shooting. Like, yeah, you are the greatest backcourt I've ever seen shooting. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Like, this is a young guy. He, he could kind of dance around it. He is the future. He is the team. Right now, he's the ace. He's the best player, hands down, on the San Francisco Giants. Logan Webb is. And I think that there's a vacuum for leadership power right now. When Posey left, there was a void. And this is an opportunity for someone to step in. I just think it's so hard to be a guy who contributes once every five days on the field to be that everyday voice. How many teams are led by their pitcher? Like, I know that Timmy was a leader yeah, to an yeah. extent, but, like, it's so rare, isn't it? Uh, completely, because he's not out there that much. That's I mean, look around, look around the league. I can't think of too many teams where you're, like, heartbeat of that team. You know, even, like, think of the names we're talking about. DeGrom, barely ever healthy. Yeah, exactly. Max Scherzer, yeah, to a degree, but, like, no, not, not you know what I mean? Yeah. Is, is and not be emotional for the years. Kershaw through the years, no. I mean, he actually was defined by by lack of postseason yes. success yes. in many ways. Like, yes, those guys can be a part of it, certainly behind the scenes. Um, but uh, are they are they the guys that sort of really get the drumbeat going when you take the field? No, because they usually don't take the field. No. So, no. and 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 to, so your point. It, the Giants right now are centered around a guy who shows up once every five days and another guy who is barely old enough to drink and, and, and may show up on a given night if they've got a close lead late. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's not like, no, you need someone in center field who's like, I'm your dude. You need someone yes. at catcher. You need someone at first base who's like, I'm the guy. And well, they tried that. They tried that. They put a captain's hat on Brandon Belt. And, and, and now, you know, his career might be over. Yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunate. He's got the, the degenerative knee. Uh, the one thing that I keep thinking about is any work setting, right, Mark? Any work setting that you're in, if you don't feel like you've earned the ability to have a voice, the equity that you have to have, it's very difficult to come out and not look like a fraud or not look like someone who's disingenuous. If I'm Jock Peterson, for example – I've been here for like five months and, and yeah, maybe I'm a veteran on this team and I had a good run, but that's not in his ethos. Number one. And number two, he's not even playing every single day, right? Like he's getting pinch hit for and platooned and I'm not knocking him. I'm saying, I don't know if your role is that, that you can be this boisterous leader, at least someone like Crawford. Like we know he's got the pedigree. He's obviously been here long enough. He's built up the equity, but then personality type, he's never going to be that guy that's going to scream and yell at everybody. Look, I mean, the bottom line is this, and it's that when you're winning 107 games, every employee is going to be happy because they're looking at the bosses and they're going, look, I'm not going to upset the apple cart. Even if no. I am bummed that I'm not in the lineup every day, we're winning 107 games. We're in first place. These people know what they're doing, but there's no company in America where you lose more days than you win, where the employees are not going to start questioning leadership. So yeah. I don't want to get involved in rumors, but we do hear uh, that things within the giants clubhouse this year are not as copacetic as they were last year. 
Um, but maybe that's chicken or the egg. I, I don't I don't know if that's just simply a product of losing baseball games or if, if there's actually an issue there. But um, whether it's from a personality standpoint or a statistical standpoint, the group needs a reboot. Yeah. It needs a reboot. And that does not, I'm not talking about firing people at the top because mainly I, whether we even want to have that conversation, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but there, there needs to be a reboot, a reboot of personalities, a reboot of talent and a yeah. reboot of approach, right? If these guys yeah. are going to be so, if they're going to be so formulaic with their approach, then they need to be formulaic with the review of yeah. their approach as well. Uh, because everything they've tried this year has gone woefully, woefully wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at their lineup as a whole. Like, just if we're diagnosing certain things, they've got a bunch of redundant parts. They have no right-handed power bat who can hit lefties. Like, it's just it's it's a massive gaping hole for them right now. And yeah, you you, you want to have hope that JD Davis or someone like that could step in and and fill the gap for a year or two. I mean, let's be on J.D. Davis, 28. I'm, I'm just saying, like, they need an, a real legitimate bopper, and they've got a bunch of just random parts right now. They're 10 and a half out from the Padres. I'm not even talking about the division leader, L.A. Dodgers. They're 10 and a half out from the pods, Mark. Well, it just, it's, I mean, it's really tough right now. The, uh, the, the, the Diamondbacks have caught them. It's not even – I mean, you, you can't even really get into the fact that the uh, – they're 10 and a half behind the Padres. Uh, they're even with the Diamondbacks. What? So the Diamondbacks are also 10 and a half behind the Padres. So uh, this is no longer a, uh, it's no longer a realistic conversation. It's not, it's not even part of the conversation, the standings anymore. Well, the, the thing that I've, I keep going back to, and you've referenced it over and over, and everybody now coming out the woodworks, last year was a fluke. Last year they hit way over their head. Okay, were they hitting on all cylinders last year? For sure. You get credit for that. Like, everybody has good days and bad days. We don't just throw away the good days. Oh, no, no, no. yesterday was a good day, so just throw that one out. Like, I don't know. It just it drives me nuts. This year, everything has gone wrong. Like, there's no other way to put it. It feels like every little thing has gone wrong. And this goes back to the mantra. I've heard it a thousand times. Success is a happy family. Losing or not winning is an orphan that's homeless and everyone is pointing the finger at. And that's what it feels like right now. Everything is down. It's Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. We're with you twice a week. We really appreciate you being with us. Mark Willard and Joe Shasky, and we invite you to subscribe so that you do not miss an episode. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The interesting thing that's come up in this conversation, and, and this is the nature of sports, the nature of impatience and, and social media and all of that, but you're coming off of the greatest regular season in the, in the history of the organization. You're coming off being the National League Manager of the Year. You're coming off being, uh, as an executive, Farhan Zaidi Scott Harris. You're establishing yourself as guys who really know what they're doing. And here we sit... Uh, approximately nine months later after these awards have been handed out and, and and there are fans and media members questioning 
whether or not these people should still have their jobs again next year. What is your thought on that? Where where are you on any shuffling that may need to take place with either personnel or uh, at least with approach in the uh, in the front office and in the dugout? I to me they're they're tied so right now. They're tied. They're they're Farhan and Kapler are connected because I, whether it's you know Farhan and the Giants and how they're doing things, or we look south and how the Dodgers do things. I was listening to to Dave Roberts, and he said, I will punch out a lineup, and then I run it up top, meaning throw it to the GMs, and then they kind of change whatever the lineup is and throw it back down to them, right? And that's based on who's available and all the different criteria for that particular day. And so, like, if that's how the Giants are running things, and that's how I assume that they're running things, where Scott Harris and Forhan have veto power or final say, or maybe they're even just dictating what the lineups are, to me – then you're right about the middle management line regarding uh, Kapler. He's doing exactly what the GM and the baseball ops people want him to do. So if you have a philosophical issue with how they're doing things, then you have to go above Kapler. That's the way I'm viewing it. Mark, I'll, I'll be straight up with you. I'm out on Farhan. I am. Me personally, I'm out on it. I think he needs to earn my trust back. Last year was incredible. It was amazing. I don't think it's sustainable. Uh, I want to see major moves. I am accustomed to seeing my Giants play a brand of baseball that I am accustomed to. What I'm watching, terrible fundamentals, awful defense, not running the bases properly, just horrific situational awareness. That is not the old school baseball that I grew up loving. And it's very frustrating for me to get my arms around it. I know I sound dramatic. I would not be opposed to cleaning the entire house. I really wouldn't. And I'm not trying to call for people's jobs. I'm not saying fire this guy. I'm not saying fire that guy. I personally like old school baseball. And I am struggling to find what enjoys me with this brand of baseball. And I think it's a byproduct of losing and being in the middle of the year right now. Maybe ask me in December and my opinions might change if we land a big free agent. But right now, I'd be open to it. But here's the thing. Who are you going to replace him with? Well, right. Like, so, like, like, what are you, what are you, where are you going? I big picture, small picture, small picture. They've done a bad job this year. Okay, yes. small picture. They've done a bad job. Big picture, they've done a good job. And here's what I mean. And this is why I would not be in favor of 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 axing anybody now. So I'm going to agree with your point that they need to do something very, very different. And that's why I'm really stressing this offseason, their own self-evaluation. And, and will it be true? And here's what I mean by that. This is a group that the famous story of Kevin Gosman. we walked into a room with Kevin and we told him, we've studied you. And we think that you are not getting your best self because here's this pitch that's dominant and you don't throw it enough. And we think you should throw it more. And this is why we think you should come to San Francisco. And we'll show you how to do it. And he and he trusted them. And they were right. And then Kevin Gosman, once upon a time, two years later, got over $100 million. Yes. That resonates. Great. So you can do that. Now do it to yourselves. Such a great point. Now do it to yourselves. You have got to be able to sit down and run analytics on yourself and understand that what you've done had a lot of value. They did find players. Mm-hmm. They found them out of nowhere. They did make the the farm system better. They did cut bloated contracts and, and gain financial flexibility. 
They did all the things they were asked to do. And now it's time for the next revolution of the golf ball. And it didn't happen. It hit a complete wall, shanked it out of bounds. And so now you've got to self-evaluate because all of the perfect things that you had in place, they hit a wall that you didn't see coming. So Gabe Kapler and the front office both now have the same question in my mind, which is, I know that your formula can work and you can be awesome when it's working, but what do you do when stuff goes sideways? And that's my question for these guys. And if their answer is, we're smart, trust us, then we're dead. Because they, they have got to take some L's. They have got to look at self and say, you know what? We miscalculated a couple of things. Let's try go to a, a different direction. Then I still have faith in these guys. So you're right. This offseason is everything. It's, it's 100% everything. And the hard part is, and it's easy for me or any Giants fan, get a franchise player. It's an easy thing to say. It's really hard to find. Right. Every team, like right now, we, we like the Arizona roster, right? The Arizona Diamondbacks roster. Do they have a franchise player? Like, no. I'm not even sure. They you got know, a guys who of- are supposed to be in a few years, but no, but, not right now. But that's what I'm saying. And yet they right. feel very promising, and there's a lot of hope. And I look at the Giants, and I say, God, if they could come out of this winter with a franchise player – I don't even need the franchise player. At this point, show me progression for some of the people who I think will be founding blocks of what you're going to build, you know, moving forward. And if that means getting yourself an everyday third baseman or an everyday shortstop or an everyday outfielder, if that guy presents himself, start there. And then we could bring up some of these minor leaguers that I've been hearing about and maybe you hit on a couple of them and we're so much better than where we're at. I just, they can't keep losing guys. And that's where I look at someone like Rodon, and I know he lost this week, but like Rodon to me, losing him is bigger than just losing a pitcher. You're losing one of the best players on the team. Now, yeah, he's had a a great singular season. I don't know what he's going to look like in three or four years, but like, how are you moving forward by losing one of your better players? Like, it's just such a catch 22. Right. So here's the thing though. This is a parlay that you need to hit. If you're a betting person, it's a parlay because we keep talking about winning the offseason and the Rangers won the offseason last year and then their president of baseball ops got fired. Yes. So it's not just you've got to go win some of these money battles, but then, and this is why it's tough, you also need to be right. Yeah. Like then you need to not be the Angels next year. You need to not (laughs) be the Rangers. These guys have got to play well. It's got to work. And so – I'm not going to beat around the bush here. The task that they've got in front of them is really hard. Yes. Because not only do they need to be powerful financially, but they need to combine that with smarts. Let me ask you this. What if the market for Rodon is 30 a year for five years? You in? Yeah, to me, I'm in. More than that, if it's six or seven or eight, you're you're 100% out because I'm never giving a picture that much. I think I'm in. I, I do. I think because even in a diminished stage, he's a left-hander who could be the back end of my rotation. Like I'm in on that. I know that there's a Giants tax right now that you have to pay a free agent, meaning more years or more money than maybe a, a comparable situation elsewhere because you're not one of the better teams. Now, we don't know if he likes to pitch here. All the different things we've talked about on this pod over and over and over again. But to me, I'm doing it. What about you, Mark? That feels pricey, man. And, and, and this is why. So I don't think they will, 
Uh, I don't think they will do that. I think someone is going to offer him that. I don't think they will. And I think the likelihood is probably the same thing that we watched Gosman do, which uh, we haven't even seen the second half of it yet, which is I think the guy's going to leave. I think he's going to pitch really well. And then I think on the back end of the deal, we're going to go, oh, that's probably good that he didn't do the deal. Yeah. Um, that's the likelihood. Like, this is going to be the first year ever that Rodon has not had arm problems. I know. If he gets to the end of this month, it'll be the first year ever. So five years, 150. Ugh, that's tough for me. That's tough, again, for a starting pitcher who is, is, is can't be that lead guy. He's only going to be out there once every five days. I understand you got to go get a one. You have to have a one and a two if you're going to make the playoffs. But my guess is, is that they feel like they can find that in another spot. I just will give you like Zito, Cueto, Samarja, like the expensive north of $100 million. Um, and I know Samarja was a little less, but, you know, that deal, that five-year, seven-year pitcher deal, outside of Scherzer, When's it ever worked? Well, I, look. Th- When's it not, ever worked? It's almost never worked. Granky right. had a run. Granky had a run, but it was short-lived. Scherzer's really the only guy. I and mean, he won multiple Cy Youngs on that deal and won a World Series later on. But, like, it's few and far between. I will argue this, though, and we don't have to get caught in the semantics. I thought Cueto the first three or four years was really good for the Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he faded moments. at the end. He, he faded hard at the end. It may, he has moments, and it handicaps you. You know, yes. he got – Farhan got ripped for not signing Madison Bumgarner. He getting booed in Arizona where they don't care. They don't even know who he is and they're booing him. I was going to ask you, what if they would have signed Madison Bumgarner? How would we be looking right now? Would Mad Bum look different now? Of course, and Farhan would be getting ripped. I think so, so so I think you're right. Listen, this is why his job right now is so hard. He is going to be judged. He's going to be told, dude, you got to spend – you got it. You got to stop being scared to spend. And that's true. Yeah. However, the fan needs to be ready then, and he needs to be willing to be wrong with yeah. some of them because the bottom line is the big contracts are really, really dicey and they don't always work. In fact, they usually don't. So th- this is a tremendously difficult scenario they've built for themselves because. They didn't augment this roster with anything yeah. and and because the farm system didn't have a great year. Those two things are a hell of a one-two punch, and, and, and we got to hold their feet to the fire, but also acknowledge that the job they have right now is really, really hard. And what I really don't want to hear, this is where I'm going to hold fans' feet to the fire. Don't you dare yell at them to spend, and then when they do <laughs> and if the contracts are bad – go, these dummies signed a bunch of big contracts with big names and they shouldn't have done that. That's the one, that's what, I mean, that's, Joe, that's probably what's going to happen. Well, well, just look internally. I mean, they gave Brandon Bell the one-year deal, and everybody, everybody for the most part, was like, yeah, it's a pretty good deal. And then halfway through this year, people are screaming to the high heavens. Same thing with Crawford. I'll leave you with this uh, when we talk free agents down the line. Boy, it'd be nice to have a Carlos Correa. That guy kicked the crap yes. out of the Giants. Yeah. I mean, we watched him up close and personal. I don't know if he's going to leave Minnesota. He's got an opt-out. Who knows if he even would want to come to the Giants. But that's the kind of youth. And I know he's getting up there because he's, what, 27 or 28 years old. But that's the kind of player you put him in an everyday lineup. You're like, now you're taking all the pressure off these prospects because you got a table setter and you got a guy who plays 140 games a year. I will say this. I do like what Farhan's saying. 
They're only words. He's going to have to go do it. But he is saying, we can spend. I want three or four or five everyday players. I do too. We need to, we need to evaluate what we're doing and do it differently. It, it's clear to me that somebody above Farhan wagged the finger this year and said, oh, oh no, no, no. No, you're not coming back with more lefty-righty platoons again next year to tell us that you're smart. And, and so he heard it, and, and now he's got to go do it. It doesn't matter till he does it, but I think his words in his head are in the spot where fans want it to be. All right, so let's, let's set the table then and break down some of these players because there's a couple of okay. them that yeah. I don't want to see back and one that I wouldn't mind seeing back. And it's just he said a lot of stuff the last Yeah, he, he addressed this. Let's, uh, let's dive into it as we look to September and then beyond. It's Garlic Fries and Baseball guys, Mark Willard, Joe Shasky. We ask you to rate, review, tell everybody that you've ever met all about this, especially if they're a Giants fan because this is the Giants fan podcast by Giants fans. Rate, review, and subscribe. Don't miss an episode. Let's look. A, a couple points about September. First of all, if you've even got a headache, go to the IL. Get out of here. I want to see as many people, <laughs> right? Longo I'm so can't, with you. Longo I'm can't so with run. You. Good night. Yeah. Slater can't, can't feel. Good night. Like, Yaz can't find it. Good night. Make up an injury. I want everybody the hell out of the way so that when they can evaluate, they can evaluate. And there's no, there's no win in winning right now. I mean, your draft pick only gets better. Yes. So, so like, just like, you know, I know Longo wants to fight through. That's because he's trying to get the contract. Yeah. I, you gotta, you gotta get all these guys out of the way and 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 call everyone up. That's that's number one. But number two, let's talk about some guys who are on the team who you may or may not want to see back. What what were you kind of starting to insinuate yeah. there a couple of minutes well, ago? I, I saw basically Farhan talk about Mike Yastrzemski. And the reality is, is that it's it was such a great story. I, and, and I have an affinity for Mike Yastrzemski's story. He seems like a really good guy. I don't know him. You know what I mean? Like this is a guy that was bouncing around the minors for what felt like a decade. And then the Giants find him. And he was like the first Farhan gem under the stone, if you will. And it, it just – it had a magical moment to it. He was the team's best player, uh, whatever it was, 2019. And, and he was a fantastic guy on the team. Even in 2020, I thought he was pretty good. 2021, yep. he was dreadful. And it feels like this year in particular, the last 35 games, he's batting 110. Like for yeah. him, 35. It is so bad. His offense is is just – it's unwatchable, unbalanced at bat, swinging. I don't even know what his, his – like, is he swinging at the first pitch? Is he trying to wait till a two-strike count? I couldn't tell you what his approach is at the plate. I don't even know what he excels at at the plate. He used to have a great batter eye. He used to be a balanced hitter that could hit all across the field. He does none of those things. Last year, down year, still had like 25 jacks. So there's no power. There's no contact. He's striking out way too much. He's a solid defender. He cannot – be an everyday player next year. He has to be at minimum a defensive replacement late in games. I cannot, and it's not an indictment on the person. It's the player. They have got to upgrade the outfield, Mark. Well, I, I just think he's got to go earn it. Obviously, the, he's got to, uh, he, you know, they've got to upgrade the outfield. They've got to upgrade everything. There's no position yeah. this year that nailed it. Not not a one. Um, you know, some of the starting pitchers. But outside of that, no position has been nailed down, and that's the way I want them to enter the season. Farhan did say uh, they expect Mike Jemski to be on the team next year, and we know why. 
He's dirt cheap. Yes. Even even with his current batting average as of today, it's 202. They will come back with something that's going to make everybody roll their eyes, but they're going to come back and say his war was still 1.3. And, and, and he and, does play great D. I you gotta was. give him credit. He plays it great was, defense. Right. Like he's still he's a player and he's lost it for the last six weeks. I don't know if he's going to find it and get it back. He's certainly going to be given the opportunity, but if he gets to spring training and other people are beating him out for a gig, or if that even bleeds into the season, then they've got to react. I guess that's my big hope for next year. You have to react. Yeah. You, 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 you have to like, Oh gosh, we don't have any relievers. You got to go get some relievers or Hey, the Dodgers went and got Freddie Freeman. Okay. React. Like you got to, yeah. if something's not working, you got to switch it up. So uh, to blindly give Mike Kostremski right field or center field next year. Yeah, no, I'm out on that. I'm, I'm in on him being a part of the picture, yes. but it's got, it's got to yes. work. It yes. has to work or, 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 or then you got to pivot. Well, and this is where I would combine three players as we're talking about Yastrzemski. These three this year have been ridiculously redundant. Some have hit a little higher average. Some have more defensive versatility. Luis Gonzalez and De- uh, Lamont Wade Jr. And then I throw in Yastrzemski. They're left-handed guys who don't hit righties very well, who play corner outfield positions and it just seems to me like they're very, very, very redundant. And then you add in Jock Peterson as the other lefty in that outfield. They, they just they cannot have five guys that are all lefty hitters that don't hit well against righties. Like it's just it drives me nuts. And Lamont Wade is ice cold. I mean, I said this last week, but like polar bears think this guy's cold right now. Um, no doubt. And then Jock Peterson was discussed as well, and they want him back. They said there are discussions ongoing with with his agent. I will tell you him hitting his 20th home run earlier this week in a way won't help um, <laughs> because Jock, uh, like even though we know the story of his season and it had major gaps in it, it had major gaps in it, but he can walk to the free agent world with a resume of 20 home runs and an all-star appearance. Yeah, uh, He's got that, and that's going to cost something. So – um, is that someone that, that that where you want to put some money? I mean, I actually will say this. I'm in on Jock returning, provided that it's not a crazy number, because in a weird way, and this almost sounds stupid, but they, they've got to spend it on someone. Yeah. Like if the Giants are not in the top 10 in payroll at the start of next year, I'm taking a shot. I, I like Because it should never be that. The Giants should not be allowed to not be top 10 in in payroll they started this year at 13 and 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 they're threatening to go down if rodon leaves and 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 if you don't bring longo back and and belt is going to leave i mean we've talked about it if you if rodon leaves and longoria's option is not picked up the current payroll for the giants will be 65 million dollars that's it i know you need to spend over 100 million to get back into the top 10 and they should spend it yeah. And so do you go get Jock for 10? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Go get Jock for 10. So th- there's a couple of things here. You can bring Jock back. I have no problem bringing Jock back. That cannot be the only thing that you're doing no. though, right? No. I mean, like, so the great point. And we talked about Brandon Belt being kind of miscast as a three, four, five hitter throughout his entirety of his career. Jock this year in, a, in an ideal world, 
Posey comes back, and let's just say he was on last year's team, right, for example. Well, he would have had like sixth or seventh because you would have had Belt and Posey and Chris Bryant, and maybe you squeeze Crawford in there before you get to, to, to Jock Peterson, or maybe you flip-flop because of the year that they had. And he's batting sixth. I mean, how much better is a lineup with Jock Peterson playing outfield every now and then? Maybe he's DH and he's batting sixth, Mark. This year he's been their three hitter. I mean, they've had nothing. You know, well, when he's not three, he's four. So, so here's the only issue with Jock. Because if you say we're on the market to get three to five everyday players, well, he's not one of them. No. Because no. he's not. He's he, not that. He's he in two out of team. three days. Yeah, he can be on the team, but he is not an everyday player. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to bring him back, and if Wade is going to be back, and if Yaz is going to be back. Do you, do you want Wade back? I, again, I'm totally open to him competing for a role, but he's got to go win it. Uh, he's yeah. got to go win it. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'm going to look at all of these years the same. You had a bad year this year. You had a good year last year. Great year. So show me next April which one you are yeah. or next March. You got it like, yeah, he's uh, – look, he's going to get a shot, and I'm fine with him getting a shot, but I'm not fine with him getting a roster spot just because he's been there before. I, I'm with you on that because I'm way less enthusiastic about Lamont Wade Jr. I, I feel like we were waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Oh, yeah. they're going to get Lamont back. And then he came back, and what, he's batting like 170, 165 right. or whatever it is. I mean, he's batting 103 against righties. Like – and then defensively, he's been real suspect at first. And I know he's playing there because they don't have a lot of options with Ruff getting traded and Bell getting hurt. But, like, again, the the Luis Gonzalez, Yaz, Lamont Wade trio, if you will, has given them, like, almost nothing for about two months. I mean, the, the bottom line is this. Where are the openings for an everyday player? Because if, you, if you're going to bring Jock back, Slater's going to be on the team. And he should. Yeah, he should. Slater's had a really good year. As much as people want to point to him, he's been very good. Solid baseball player, Absolutely. So Slater's on the team. Yaz is going to be on the team. Is Wade going to be on the team? I have no idea. Is J.D. Davis going to be on the team? Probably. Tyro Estrada is going to be on the team. And he he deserves it. And he should be. Tommy Mastella, this will not Uh, be great for Tommy (laughs) Mastella is going to be on the team. One of your everyday players is Brandon Crawford. And they're going to come back and say that. You watch. They'll be like, well, yeah. we've already got one. It's Brandon Crawford. They may say Joey Bart is is two. But if you need three to five, where are your spots? Your spots feel to me like the uh, potentially the corner outfield spots yes. Yes. And, the corner, and the corners of the infield. Yes. First base, third yeah. base, right field, left field. You need to fill at least two yes. of those four with a person that you can pencil in for 130-plus games as a starter next year. Yeah, well, and this you're talking about September call-ups. Like, this leads right into my, where is Elliot Ramos? Like, like I, I get it. Okay, he hasn't really done much in, in AAA. Newsflash, no one's done anything at the big league level, and whatever he's hitting in AAA is actually infinitely better than the yeah. output that you've been getting uh, from, from those three guys that I referenced earlier. So, like, yeah. you need a right-hander. You, you need some youth. You need a little speed. Like, what are we waiting for? Can I yeah. just can – because even if – let's just say, Mark, let's say he comes up, he doesn't show a lot. Well, then I can maybe put a permanent marker through his name moving forward, and I at least know, like, all right, we turn that card over. He's probably not going to be anything. Don't, don't hold out hope the way we did this year for Lamont Wade Jr. coming back. Lou Brinson? Lou Brinson? 
Actually, I don't <laughs> look at this is gonna sound crazy. I don't hate it because at one time he was a top prospect for yes, the Marlins. He was. He's yes, from he was. South Florida. I like Lou Brinson because he's the guy who hit the fly ball in the meaningless game that drove in a run. And Hunter Strickland went crazy because he, like, I don't know, did, like, some sort of showboat thing on a fly ball. And Hunter Strickland was so angry, he went into the dugout or in the clubhouse and broke his wrist or his arm, punching a wall. I'm a Lou Brinson guy. Why not? I know he's 28 years old. He's bounced around. Dude. Like, why not? I mean, at this point, Mark, I just, why not? No, it's it's why not. Why but not? at the same time, I mean, he's been playing really well at AAA this yeah. year in the Houston organization. And so that's, what's going to get him a look. But by the same token, <laughs> he was in the bigs by 2017. He's got a career batting average of 199 and a career OPS of 570. That's, that's what you got. And this is somebody now that's had over a thousand big league at bats. What, what's so it? 29, 30. No, what's that? His age? How old is he? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. You had it right. He's 28. 28. Okay. 28. Yeah. I mean, but, but again, like this is where we're at. We're the, like, we're literally just flipping the cards over at the roulette table and we're just or at the, the poker table, excuse me. And we're just seeing if we could find a Jack. I mean, that's really all we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and who knows, maybe they've, uh, you know, they've, they've done that before. And again, maybe he found something and, and it's not like it cost him a whole lot to, uh, to acquire the guy, but this, this is the issue We've said it. We've heard it. A bunch of people say it. If you keep trying to compete on the margins, then you will be margin null. That's that's exactly that's 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 what you're going to be. That's what you're gonna, and that's all they that's all they've been doing. Oh. So that's they can keep doing that, but there's got to be there's got to be a core, and and it's really hard to snap your fingers and create that. Well, the thing that really like it hurts my soul as a baseball fan. This has been a great summer. Albert Puos is chasing 700. You know what I mean? You've got you got Aaron Judge going for home run records in New York. You've got all of the crazy shenanigans that the Braves are doing on a nightly basis. The Dodgers, the Dodgers yep. are on pace to break their record from last year, which is insane to say That's out loud. Insane. You you referenced uh, Shohei Otani like. This has been such an unbelievable baseball season, and I feel like the guy on the outside looking in, almost like I'm looking at the kittens through the mall, and I'm like, I want to be in there snuggling the puppies and the kittens, and I can't. Like, it's just – it. Ah, oh, it hurts my soul. Yeah, yeah, but I'd love to see somebody come up in September and grab our attention. I totally agree. And then the Giants are going to have to do something that is very, very out of character, which is grab our attention in the winter. Um, and so look, there's no two ways about it. And and the only good thing you can say today is that I think they know. Yeah. When was um, the last time you think the Giants won the hot stove, you know, winter meetings? Like oh, if going back, like I don't even think they won it when they did land Cueto and, and Cueto, uh, Cueto and Samarja was was an inch that was that was definitely a big that was a big, big. one two punch. Yeah, it was big. That was a big one two punch, you know, Zito. Ooh, uh, Zito's was, a good one. Oh six, yeah. Zito was a good was, one was a big one. That's a but good one. Look, this group, I mean, they don't even do winter. They they <laughs> they they wait until spring to even bring anybody in. So I, that's that's my big ask is do uh, something in the winter. Like they you know, see the free agent shadow and they just go right back into the hole. My gosh, no joke. No joke. Uh, All right. Uh back with you Sunday after the weekend series where we check in on Lou Brinson. Uh, that's coming up this weekend. Make sure you're with us. The best way to do that is to subscribe.
to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. 